Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. All right, we're starting a new series this morning, and um, I think it's going to be really good because it's already been good for me. <laughs> so that's always good. Uh, and it's entitled Fit to Fight, and we're going to be talking about the armor of God, and before you say, oh man, I learned about this in grade school, yeah, so did I, you know, but again, like I was just sharing, that there's just so much that I think, so many times that I think, like, God, how can I know all these things so well, but not walk in them in, in like, strength and excitement all the time, you know? Like, how could I come to this moment where it feels like there's just this pressure and, like, I could get down instead of being excited about what you're going to do? You know, how, how can I come to these moments where these tensions and relationships or whatever, and, and, and then I get, you know, all depressed instead of, instead of just getting all excited about how you want to restore the relationship? You know, all these, there's so many different things, and I just say those just to, like, give you just a little glimpse of, like, the simplest or, or most common things sometimes get us out of whack and, and, and make us have an attitude or struggle with, you know, anxiety, depression, or anything like that. And I don't downplay any of those, but I want to, to hopefully strengthen us in who God is, in who he's created us to be, and then also what he's given us, which is his armor to protect us against this stuff. Now, this, this title, Fit to Fight, as Tori and I were talking about it, it's funny because, you know, now that I'm older, it's not cool to say, like, the cool words anymore. But, you know, when we think of fit to fight, you know, well, I actually think of a, a song that, I can't remember if it was Vernon or my grandpa, Woody, that used to sing, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. You remember that? It was supposed to be fought, but fit, they like had to put that little twang in it or something. I don't know. But when we think of, of fit, like are you fit? Are you ready? Are you prepared? You know, and nowadays fit means you got some cool clothes on. You know, but it still fits. Fit, fit, fits. Okay. But are we prepared? Are we ready for the battle? Are we ready for the fight? Do we have the right, see, do we, do we got the right fit on? The right clothes for the battle, for the war that we're supposed to be fighting in. In Ephesians 6.10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand or to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. How much of it? The whole armor of God. You know, I, I think about that. Sometimes we're like, 
what's going on? Why is this so crazy? And, and why does it feel like everything's getting in? And it's like, well, you just, you know, pick, picked up one piece of the armor and you're trying to work with that. And you didn't pick up the whole armor of God, you know? At least that's what I feel like sometimes myself. is like, shoot, I forgot the rest. Okay. <laughs> Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. To stand. Stand. I like, whenever it says that, I just think about like, I, I want to, it's like that word at the end, just this strong stand. And I think about having that whole armor of God on, that all that he's given us to withstand the enemy, those principalities, those powers, the stuff that's coming against us, all that he's given us, that I just got it on, that you have it on, and like, you just stand there. You know, you're not running away. You're not cowering back. And how intimidating would that be if, if like the enemy's coming along and you're like, what? You, you just stand you can't get to me. You can't get in here. There's nothing that you can do to possibly move me from where God has me. What? What are you going to do? I love that. I just want to stand there. I mean, of course, then push back. But again, how intimidating is it? I will tell you, when somebody is trying to scare you, the most intimidating thing is that you don't flinch. You don't flinch, you know, when somebody's like, you know, coming at you and you're like, they're like, wait a second, there's probably something I don't know about this person. They're like a 45 degree black belt in jujitsu or something. I don't know. I'm scared just because they didn't move. They weren't scared. So now I am. <laughs> right? Oh, but most of us aren't big fans of battle, of war, don't want to just go out and fight. And that's not what this is really talking about. Of course, it is talking about fighting that battle against the enemy. But it's being prepared. It's not looking for it. It's not saying, hey, go out and look for a fight. It's saying, go out and take the fight to where it should be. Not in your home. You know, not, not, you know, in those places where you're, you're alone and you're scared and all it's, that. You should be like, what? Just be like, what? Nothing's coming here. Take it to the places where you are pushing back the enemy. But don't be crazy, okay? I'll just throw that in. That's my own thing. Sometimes we like to pick fights when we shouldn't pick fights. In verse 14, it says, stand therefore, and I'm going to read the whole thing, and then we're just going to focus on two, if I can get to two, <laughs> maybe just one. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breast, breastplate of righteousness. That was struggling to come out. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, 
praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may, be, may open my mouth boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in chains, that, I, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And so all that, I just wanted to read the whole thing because this whole, this whole thing that he's sharing here, he's saying, listen, put on this whole armor of God and as you're doing that so you can withstand the enemy, that you can take those fiery darts and they're just flinging one way and the other, but they don't touch you at all and, and be prepared for anything that comes against you. But what we can do then when we are prepared and have put on the armor that we have put on is then we can just sit there and pray that all of a sudden then we're protected. And now we can pray that God moves to go for us to go reach other people. He's saying, then after you put on this armor, just pray. Just keep praying. Pray always. Pray continually. Keep praying. What if something happens? It doesn't matter. You got the armor on. You're praying. We're not sitting still now. We're not sitting still now and scared. We're sitting here and we're praying. So what we're doing is we're safe and then we're advancing the kingdom because we're praying for God to move in other people. That was a lot. Okay. So he says, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Girded your waist with truth. What is this belt of truth? You know, I think about, I don't, I always wear a belt. I always have. Well, maybe not when I was a kid. I don't remember, but like, it doesn't matter if my pants are skin tight. There's going to be a belt on here. It's just, I don't feel right if there's not a belt. But my kids, it's like they don't know what belts are. You know, it's not that they want their, their pants to sag or hang down or anything. But, you know, like I've, I had to let Miles, he's like 19 almost. And I had to let him borrow a belt. I'm like, why don't you have, I don't need a belt. I don't, what, you know, like, yeah, your pants stay up, but you just don't look complete, you know, over there. You need a belt. But I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to have that mindset in the, with really any of these pieces of the armor of God, but how could we go without the belt of truth? I, I don't want to be caught without a belt. See, as Christians, as we come to know God, our words should be truth. One of the main things that the enemy does is to try to either get us to stop speaking the truth or to stop hearing the truth. 
Because he knows when the truth is, is taken away from us, he knows that we'll go all kinds of different directions. Anybody been in a place where you're hearing all this stuff and it's like, oh my gosh, this is happening, that's happening, this is happening, and, and none of it's truth. But all of a sudden you start to believe it's like dinosaurs are living in my backyard. Why? I don't know. Somebody told me that. I just, you know, I, whatever. It's like all these things can start feeling like they're real, but it's because that we have stopped allowing the truth to be in our mouths and in our ears. That no matter what we hear, now we're, we're just thinking everything is happening. And what is the truth? That God is with us. That God will protect us. He will take care of us. That he has good for us. Right? It's like, Oh, and then we're just like, oh, God, you know, don't, don't you want anything good for me? Or, God, why are all these bad things? No. There may be stuff happening around. But the truth is, is that God has a good plan for your life. That he has blessings for you. That he will get you through. That he will take care of you. I don't, I don't care. And look, I'm talking from myself and, and my own experiences, even here recently, that, that like, sometimes it feels like, God, like, but it feels like this thing isn't working out. And I had this moment where, you know, it wasn't like an audible voice or anything, but I was, I was thinking about what I guess I had been praying about and wanting to happen, and, and God just said, do you trust me? And I was like, well, yeah. And they just like, do you trust me? And I don't know, maybe you use those words because I, I say that to my kids and my wife a lot. You know? It's like when we're driving in the car, and they're like, ah! And I'm like, do you trust me? <laughs> and then I say, who's got the class A CDL driver's license in the car? <laughs> it's me, by the way, okay? <clears throat> I'm the professional driver. But anyway, but he's just like, do you trust me? And I was thinking about that, and I, and I was just like, God, yes, I do. And I realized how, how much I am, like, worried about the situation and worried this isn't going to happen or it's not going to work out and all this stuff. And I don't care now, like, after I, I, mean, I had to pray about it and calm myself down. But I don't care what happens because I trust him. That's the truth. The truth is that he is for me. He is for you. The truth is, is that he will give you all those things that you need. So do we believe it? Oh. So the belt of truth. Now think about this. It, it holds up your pants. You got this armor on. We're going to talk more about all these other pieces of armor. But, but really you can say that if we don't have truth holding it all together, it's, it's all going to fall apart. The peace, the righteousness, his word, the sword the faith, like all these things, if truth isn't in us, if his truth isn't in us and we aren't speaking the truth, 
Because whenever we stop speaking the truth and start speaking stuff that's not real, that's, that's negative or, you know, this is bad, this is going to happen, all this stuff, then we stop believing the truth that he's speaking to us. Okay? We need to line up. It's not speaking things into existence. It's saying, God, I'm going to align my mouth with what you have spoken over me. You have spoken this truth. And I'm going to align what I say with that. But those pieces are held together. And think about this. In armor, there's got to be a place to hold the sword, right? How are you going to hold that sword if you don't have a belt of truth on? Like there's a scabbard. I wish I had a sword and a scabbard, but I don't. But that hangs on the belt of truth. How am I going to wield my sword? Or maybe I can hold my sword for a little while. But what about whenever I'm walking and walking and walking and going and moving forward? You say, like, yeah, I mean, I can hold this all together without my belt. But eventually my arms are going to get tired. Eventually I'm not going to be able to hold these things that, that I am reading and I'm hearing if I'm not allowing them to rest on the truth. Because those things are, are held together with the truth that we believe about who God is, about what he's spoken over us. <sighs> it keeps everything in place. It holds everything together. And of course, Satan is trying everything he can to make us liars just like he is. In John 8, 44, it says, you are of your father, the devil. Speaking of <clears throat> these people that are lying. <laughs> it says, you're of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. See, the devil doesn't stand in the truth. He stands in a big pile of stinky lies. Because there is no truth in him. There is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar. And the, not only is he a liar, he's the father of it. He is the father of lying. And I want God, I want God to say about us, I don't, like, I want him to look at me and not say, hey, why are you being like the father of lies? Why are you standing in that pile of stinky mess, those lies that you are speaking over yourself or over somebody else? Or sharing like these things about it's a you know half truths about somebody because they you know hurt us or they did this or whatever. Why would you allow those things to come out of your mouth? I want God to look at me and say, No, you're not you're not 
being like that father of lies. You're being like that father of truth. You're being like me. You're standing in my truth. You're speaking my truth. You're allowing your ears to hear the truth that I have spoken over you. So that belt of truth is like that act of faith putting on that truth of who God is that resists the lies of the enemy. Ephesians 4.21 says, If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you you put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness. I lost my spot. In, in true righteousness and holiness. And I love this scripture. It puts these two things together. So we're going to be talking about the breastplate of righteousness. But it says that the truth is in Jesus, right? We talked about it, that the devil is full of lies. He's the father of it. He's trying to lie to us all the time. But Jesus only speaks the truth. He speaks it to us. And when we come to know him, when we come to be a part of, of his family, when we're adopted into his family, we put on this armor, it brings us to this place where we can be in his righteousness. So the truth, when we hear it, when we hear the truth, which is that Christ died for us, that he has saved us, that we can't make it on our own, that we aren't righteous ourselves, but we need his righteousness for us. So we're hearing the truth that helps us to understand and come into the righteousness that he has for us. So in verse 14, stand therefore girded, having girded your, fi- your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. This word righteousness, I am not going to say it because this is a really hard one in the Greek, okay? But it means the doctrine concerning the way in which man may attain a state approved by God or integrity, virtue, purity of life, righteousness, correctness of thinking and feeling and acting. So when we talk about righteousness, it's this right place with God. And when we are able to come into this right place with God, what should happen in us is that we are able to take his righteousness and act right. That we can live with virtue. That we can live with purity. That the things coming out of our mouth are pure and holy and not the mess that used to come out of our mouth before. 
But we have to seek his kingdom. In Matthew 6, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So we talk about the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. These things are huge, which they're all huge. I'm going to say that about every single one of them. But, but we have to have the truth in us to know the truth and be speaking the truth. But then also this righteousness, we have to seek this first and foremost above everything. This is what we say, God, I want you to do this in my life. I want you to, you know, please help me, whether it's with a job or, or just, I mean, really anything. We ask God lots of different things, right? But when I read this scripture, I think, God, why am I even asking you about anything? What if I just seek first your righteousness and then I don't even have to ask for anything, but then all of a sudden you just start adding all the things that make my life complete. That you just add to my life because I'm just seeking first your righteousness. The purpose of the breastplate is it deflects the enemy's weapons, right? Like a, a, a plate across, like all your vital organs are right here. And the breastplate goes over all of it. And when we talk about righteousness, we talk about living right, that we have been imputed God's righteousness, right? Which means that it was just given us as, as a free We'll gift from God that there was nothing that we could have done to, to earn or to gain this righteousness from him. He gave it to us even though we didn't deserve it. And so all of a sudden we stand in his righteousness but then there's imparted righteousness, which is his spirit, which allows us to live in that righteousness that we've been given for free. That thing that he gave us that we didn't deserve or couldn't get on our own, that now the Holy Spirit in us is allowing us to live in a right way. Because again, I didn't have it. I didn't deserve it. I couldn't get it myself. And now that God's given it to me, I really can't even live in it without his help either. Like he can't give it. It's like, it's one of these gifts that's like, I'm trying to think of one now. Like somebody has given you a gift, but they have to help you use it. It's not like, thanks, good, I'm good, I'm out. No, this gift of righteousness he has to hold it for. I think about that, thinking about putting on his armor. You know, and Pastor Matt had, had shared uh, about the helmet, and he's like, I just imagine that, like, you know, it's just so big that it just goes all around me, and it, it's just, like, how could we even think that his armor fits perfectly on us, you know? But he does make it fit on us perfectly. And, and I think about if it's his armor, his salvation, his peace, his righteousness, his truth, all that he is, 
Why would I be scared in the least bit if I was wearing his armor? This isn't my armor. This is his armor. Another thing about armor, and, and, and I, I relate this in a spiritual way, but in armor, in medieval days, you know, we think of armor as like, wow, you know, you see it in a museum and it's like nobody touches it. You can't touch it, right? But in the days where knights were actually wearing armor all the time, they were constantly working on their armor. They had to. They had to constantly be cleaning and polishing and fixing and hammering and, and, and making it just perfect. And then they were wearing it around. It might have gotten a little, you know, dirty or a little dented from a little scuffle they were in or whatever. And they're continually working on it. And I think about that. I think, God, are we continually working on these pieces of armor that you have given us? Are we continually coming and working on this belt of truth, making sure that nothing has gotten in that's not truth in our lives, making sure that we are hearing your voice as we should, the truth that you're speaking over us? God, are we continually working on this breastplate of righteousness that we are making sure that is, it is shiny as it could be? Right, that we're, that we're polishing it up, making sure there's not any scuff or sin or unrighteousness or anything in it. God, are, are we cleaning ourselves like we should every day, like they did back then? They had to continually, when they weren't using it to fight, they were working on it so that they could be ready to fight. Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.